25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them up the I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yo, turn your mic on, Matt. Dad gum. <laughs> what up? Welcome in. Hour two of the show today on this Tuesday. Off and running. What have we learned so far? Well, number one, the college football playoff Twitter account is giving you a link to which you can try to Go win. You could win the opportunity to go to New Orleans to the college football national championship game. But it simply is an opportunity to be chosen to go ahead and buy four tickets at face value. (laughs) That's one thing we learned. We also learned, Roger and I did, through discussing it and looking back at the life of Howard Cosell, that there still are some iconic broadcasters. I'm not sure we'll ever see that golden era again because now there's just so many of them. Back in the day, there were so few. We learned that. And we learned a little bit about the RPI situation in college baseball as it relates particularly to Ole Miss, Mississippi State, with Chase Parham just a minute ago. Chase from rebelgrove.com. And Chase joined us on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment is in Madison and in Jackson. You can get a tractor, a zero-turn, a mower, all kinds of hand tools, an ATV, all of that and more right there at Divinity in Madison on Highway 51 or in Jackson there really down in Raymond. Go see them. They are your Kubota dealer, the Big Orange Fleet at Divinity in Madison and Jackson. And coming up in just a few minutes on the Divinity Equipment phone, it'll be Scott Berry, the head baseball coach at Southern Miss, if everything goes according to plan. they got a big game tomorrow night, going to host Ole Miss. All that and more. Let me just tell you, though, real quick, you could text me at any time on the text line, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. It's all the same number, one with letters, one with numbers. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Text away. Don't if you're driving. Otherwise, do. Tweet me at Radio Wyatt. Our man, uh, Brojo, Roger, sent me a picture on Twitter. It says, this guy will always be one of my favorite sports broadcasters. Is that Gowdy? Is that Kurt Gowdy? Or, Or am I placing the wrong name on the wrong face? You're asking me? Well, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think he texted me. Brojo, well, it's on Twitter. I'm Radio Wyatt. If you want to see it, I think that's who that is. Is that Gowdy? 
No. Who is that? <laughs> thanks, JB. Uh, thanks, Brojo. Well, I, we're supposed to know who it is. Super 70 Sports. I follow them on Twitter. Be careful about following it, whoever's behind it. It's a lot of good content, but it's a whole lot of four-letter words usually. Um, but looking back on pictures and things from back in the day. And today they tweeted, time for my yearly appreciation post of these three cool dudes who made 1980s Braves baseball a significant part of my childhood. Rest in peace, gentlemen. And it's Skip Carey, Ernie Johnson, and Pete Van Ware in a picture from old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. The picture had to be taken in about 79 or 80, somewhere in there. And I retweeted that. And Robert tweeted me and said, yeah, and then Don Sutton and Joe Simpson happened. (laughs) All right, I got the answer. Dr. Brojo sent me the answer. Yeah, it's Jim McKay. Well, I say Kurt Gowdy. Lord of mercy. I don't know. It's like the, it's hard to believe because I ain't ever been, I've never been smart. But I'm using the word ain't more and more on the radio, which my wife absolutely cringes every time I do it. I do it for effect. I really don't use that word a lot, ain't. But I do it for effect on the radio sometimes. She hates it. But it's just proof I've never been the sharpest knife in the drawer. And doggone, it's like the older I get, the more dull I get. I can't remember anything. Does that happen to everybody? You get older, you just start forgetting stuff all the time? I mean, why do some coaches get better with age? Here's what, Scott Berry at Southern Miss won his 500th game recently, I think it was. Something like that. I mean, some coaches like to get better they get. Me, on the other hand, I get more forgetful every single day. Roger, tell the truth. I get harder and harder to deal with doing a radio show every day that goes by. Um, in light of the other personalities I have to deal with, yeah. no. Oh, great. You haven't risen above the noise level yet. <laughs> so I may not be great. I'm just better comparatively. <laughs> You're easy to work with. A lot of, a lot of the guys, are, they all have their strong points. I'll take it. I love all, all of our people. There I love you to go. put that out there right now. <laughs> uh, all the strong points. Well, I'll tell you what, exactly. every, uh, every bit of baseball for college baseball fans in Mississippi last week was, uh, strong, was a strong point. Brooms everywhere, and um, including Southern Miss got a sweep or coming off a sweep this past weekend. They really made short work of Middle Tennessee State. It was a one-run game on Sunday, but a sweep. And Southern Miss has played really, really good baseball. They've got uh, back-to-back weekend sweeps. They uh, won two games in the midweek over Louisiana and New Orleans, played really well, put up 15 runs in one of those games. So they're sitting there on an eight-game win streak going into tomorrow night. They're going to host Ole Miss at Pete Taylor Park uh, in Hattiesburg. And the guy who coaches Southern Miss is Scott Barry. He's on your radio right now on the Divinity Equipment phone. Coach Barry. Um, I, I appreciate some time here on a Tuesday, a big game tomorrow night. But first, just a quick look back. Guys seem to be really playing good baseball now for a couple of weeks in a row. Yeah, we did. You kind of broke up just a little bit. Uh, this past week, you know, was a pretty challenging week, five games in six days, with four of those uh, games being on the road. But, you know, we, we weathered that, played really good, consistent uh, baseball, and I, you know, I feel like certainly that was the key to 
to the success that we had and, and moving forward, you know, we just we want to continue that consistency and come out and compete every opportunity that we get. Yeah, and even though it's a kind of a the better part of a week on the road, you're at New Orleans and then you're up there at Middle Tennessee. Uh, how big a deal is it when you go and play a team like Ole Miss in the midweek to be able to come back home and do it in your own ballpark? How big a deal is that? Well, it's good because, you know, you, you got to go on the road and you need to prove yourself on the road. I know at the end of the year when you're trying to build a resume for consideration of, of, of an NCAA tournament, you know, you've got to show that you can go on the road and you take care of business. It's not just playing at home where you play good and mo- where most people, uh, their records are better. So, but it is good to come back home after after four you know straight uh, road wins. So uh, tomorrow night, you know, we meet Ole Miss here at, at our field, and uh, uh, earlier meeting was in uh, Pearl at Trustmark, and and Ole Miss uh, got the uh, got the better of us on that one. So tomorrow night, we're you know we're looking forward to the opportunity here against a really good Ole Miss team. Over the course of a year coach you know as fans a lot of times it's so easy for us to solely kind of focus on the weekends and the conference matchups you know and go hey Florida Atlantic is sitting out there coming up and 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 we kind of glance over that single midweek game as fans we do that a lot you obviously can't do it as a team but do you ever I mean inside your locker room and inside your clubhouse is it ever a challenge to make sure that teams are squarely focused on that one Tuesday game or that one Wednesday game without looking ahead to the weekend? You know, Matt, my my philosophy is is that we uh, we approach every game that we play as the most important game on our schedule. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, tomorrow night happens to be Ole Miss. You know, if it was another name on on the front of that jersey, then so be it. That's who we would uh, you know we would focus on on playing. So. Yeah, I think uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, those midweek games, you know, they're all really, really important. And, you know, we, we're 5-5 five and five in midweek games this year. We mm. we haven't fared too well. And uh, with that, you know, playing 500 certainly would like to be better uh, than, than than that. So, you know, but, but you know, no importance put on, on one single game, uh, one single opponent, uh, one single day over another. I mean, I think if you – are trying to get your club to respond in a mature matter. They have to understand that every day that you clock in on game day, it's, it's to win a baseball game and to, to play that game and, and everything that it takes to, to win it and, and be really good at it. So as you well know, being a former athlete, winning's not easy, man. I mean, it, it's hard. you got to do a lot of things well. you got to be present to win mentally so that, you know, physically you're, you're uh, anticipating things and, to, to happen, and you can't miss on those opportunities because that one opportunity may be the difference between a, a, a win and a loss over over that course of that game. So, yeah. you know, we we just try to simplify it and take it a game by game approach. Scott Barry on your radio, head baseball coach, Southern Miss. You know, and that that to me is the Harry. Well, Harry's not really the right word. It's it's just kind of the nature of baseball that makes it so much different. I think. Than other sports, there's this element in other sports, but in baseball more than others, it seems like, you know, there are a lot of nights where you can do everything right and still not win the game. It's just it's kind of the nature of the game. They could have a guy on the other side where he just has a great night and goes five for five and drives in five. You know, it's you can do everything right sometimes and lose a ball game. Oh yeah, 
we've all been, uh, you know, a part of those pretty losses and, and <laughs> ugly wins, you know. And certainly you'd rather have an ugly win than a, than a pretty loss. But, you know, going in, uh, as you well know, going into every contest, we're, we're striving to, to do the best we can and, and be ready for those opportunities. You know, a simple you know, simple analogy is, is you know, it may have happened, uh, you know, at the end of a game and you lose two to one. Well, in the fifth inning, there was a ball in the dirt that we could have got the second base with two outs, but we didn't. We weren't ready for it. And the next guy gets a base hit. And now we're first and second. And the next guy flies out inning over. And you miss that opportunity because you weren't ready for that ball in the dirt. And that's just a simple analogy. But, you know, those are the little things that you have to do and, and have to be ready to do every time you play because it may be that one opportunity that makes it or breaks it. Sure. Um, what kind of year – in your evaluation, is Matt Walner having to this point? I mean, I see the the home run number sitting there at twelve, which is pretty doggone significant. Average sitting there at two ninety six right now, according to the stats. Kind of what kind of year is he having in your eyes? Well, he's climbing, you know, and he, he's starting to heat up. He's really having some great at bats. Uh, even his outs are hard right now. You know, early in the year, I think honestly he was putting a lot of pressure on himself. Certainly. Uh, he had a lot of attention, national attention placed on him, uh, you know, in, in preseason. Even back in the fall, you know, we can't have a uh, have an inter-squad here without a professional scout, mm-hmm. uh, scouting directors, cross-checkers in, in the stands. And, you know, for, for a 19, 20-year-old young man, that's, that's a lot to handle. And, you know, obviously some handle it better than others, but... Uh, you know, for for the majority of them, it's it's a lot of pressure for him. And you know, I think now he's playing obviously his best baseball uh, of the year. He's he's comfortable. I think he's just he's back to having fun and and letting happen whatever happens. But more importantly, going out and having fun and and, and trusting himself to go out and compete. Scott Barry on your radio uh, right now, and you know, I, I look at um, what you have coming. It, it, around here, you know, the Southeastern Conference gets a lot of uh, attention. I was there for that uh, Mississippi State Series last year there at Pete Taylor, and, man, people just kind of, you know, spilling over, and the right field roost was uh, a lot of fun. Got to go out there and experience that. I imagine it would be the same thing uh, tomorrow with Ole Miss coming in there. A huge crowd, I would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I would think it would be. It, you know, traditionally it has been, and I don't see any reason it wouldn't be tomorrow night. The weather's going to be beautiful. You know, both both teams are playing well. They're both coming off sweeps. Uh, you know, over the weekend, so there's a lot of energy in, in both fan bases, and uh, you know, so I would expect a, a really great atmosphere here at Pete Taylor Park, Hill Denson Field, tomorrow night. Yep. Coach Barry, really do appreciate some time here. It's uh, good to catch up with you, and we'll all be paying attention tomorrow night. Big ball game. So thanks again, and good luck. You're welcome, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. That's Scott Barry uh, in the middle of a busy week jumping on to talk a little baseball. So if you look um, if you look at what they have, have done, right now in terms of at the plate, they're led by Bryant Bowen. Bowen batting 365. He's the leading average on the team. And Slater, Hunter Slater, is kind of right there where you would expect him to be. Having a really good year as a senior. Nine home runs. Tie for the team lead with nine doubles. But Bowen, you know, an edge there in the batting average category. But he's right. Matt Walner is big, tall, 6'5", left-handed hitter. 
can play multiple positions, could be a, a first baseman at the next level, could be an outfielder. He can pitch. Is real deal kind of bat. And, you know, he just came into the year with a lot on him. Some of those guys who were a big part of that lineup last year moved on. And so, you know, you know it's going to be a little more on your shoulders. And you feel those eyeballs. Look, I don't care who you are. It's a constant struggle to keep those eyeballs off of you, eyeballs off of you and to not pay attention to them when every scrimmage you have there's somebody up there some scout evaluating you in every game you know and all those scouts that loaded up behind home plate in that first series at Mississippi State this year in Starkville um there's a lot on him and he knew it and he did struggle you you saw him in that state series in Starkville in the early part of the year. Of course, you had fans on him, too, because he had made the comment that kind of, I don't know, it really got made into a bigger deal than it really was or really was intended to be. But So anytime there was a swing and a miss, man, the hoot and the hollers in the stands, and a guy's going to feel that. And so to say that he's climbing, well, your best hitter, your most talented player, if he's climbing, then he's doing it at the right time. You know, you got three conference weekends left. And Southern Miss is sitting there on the year right now at 17 and 4 in Conference USA. They're 29 and 13 overall. Got Ole Miss tomorrow at Pete Taylor Park in the midweek. And what that is, a big RPI opportunity for Southern Miss. Yeah, it's a home game, but still it's a big RPI opportunity. Um, when you play that Conference USA schedule, you're not always playing teams that are in the top 25 in the RPI. You know, it's it's elsewhere. You just why the sweeps are so important, which they've gotten two of those now in a row. But after Ole Miss, it's competitive baseball. It's Florida Atlantic coming to Hattiesburg on the weekend. They don't play a midweek next week, but they'll hit the road and go to Rice and uh, play out there, three-game series. And they'll finish up the regular season hosting UAB in the final series there at Pete Taylor Park. And then it'll be Conference USA tournament time and – uh, Biloxi. Yeah. You know, it's, again, it's just, it's one of those where Southern Miss is in a position where they have to take advantage of every opportunity they get. And without any doubt whatsoever, Ole Miss in the midweek is an opportunity for Southern Miss from an RPI standpoint. I'm trying to see here where uh, Southern Miss is actually sitting in the RPI. Again, if you're unfamiliar, like Matt keeps mentioning RPI, just trust me, that's what the committee that puts teams in the postseason on certain spots, that's what they're looking at is your RPI ranking. Where are you? Run, uh, I'm sorry, ratings percentage index. It takes all kinds of things, your schedule, the opponent's schedule, you know, toughness of it, all this kind of stuff, and it multiplies throughout the opponent's schedule. Southern is sitting there at 41. In the RPI. 60-some-odd teams are going to get in the postseason. Southern Miss sitting there at 41 in the RPI. For this Southern Miss team, it most likely is not an issue of hosting. It is certainly an issue of making sure you are in the field in the postseason. Florida Atlantic, the team that they will host this coming weekend, is a 51-5-1. 51 in the RPI. So because it's at home in Hattiesburg, uh, you know, it's a must-win series to protect the RPI that they have uh, at this point in the year. 
Whereas, you know, you look at Ole Miss, that's a 21 in the RPI. Again, there's just not a lot of teams on the Southern Miss schedule who are going to be sitting there with a top 25 RPI. It's just kind of the nature of it. Uh, you know, the conferences kind of multiply each other. And then that sets up the postseason. So, you know, they have important, important games coming up. And it just a it's not a it's not really a consequence game because they already have the neutral site game. Even though it was a loss, they get credit in the RPI for playing the neutral site game against Ole Miss and Pearl. This is an opportunity. It's not a consequence game for Southern Miss tomorrow night. It's an opportunity game. And if you're Ole Miss, it's really just the opposite, frankly. Yes, it's on the road. That's good for Ole Miss when you look at Ole Miss's RPI. Yes, it's on the road. Road win or road loss, better than home win or home loss. But you're at the number 41 RPI Southern Miss team. So, you know, for Ole Miss, there's there's consequence here. You don't want to lose that midweek game. What did Chase tell us? Ole Miss is 5-5 five and five in the midweek? Is that what they are? 5 or 6-5, or and five, something like that? You know, so, you know, by winning the game, they've already beat them once in the neutral site. But you kind of protect yourself. You're Ole Miss. You go win that game at their home stadium in a true road game. So there's a lot on it. Be fun to see how it turns out. And it's just good for college baseball. You get those kind of things on a college campus with in-state schools playing each other. It's just fun. That's all it is to it. It's just fun. All right. Just getting started here. Hour number two. I'll get to your phone calls and your texts. Let me tell you um, what they're saying up in New York about Eli Manning and the Giants. Give you a taste of that coming up next. Here on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. What do you think about that situation up in New York? So, Eli Manning, been there forever. Well, it seems like it anyway. When did Eli come out? Oh, three? Is that when it was? And so they just drafted a quarterback in the first round with the sixth overall pick, and it's Daniel Jones out of Duke, and there's that. That uh, that connection. There's that. You know, he he played for and learned under um, David Cutcliffe. So, you know what they're talking about up there right now is well, hey, look, if you weren't complete, if if you were going to go ahead and get a guy that early in the draft. Typically, you draft a quarterback in that position to be ready to play right away. And if you're going to go ahead and do that, then why not use, um, even though he's older now, what, 15, about to be 15 years in, came into the league in 2004, even though he's a little older, you know, Eli Manning is an asset that you could move him to a team where 
he could go and they really need a quarterback. He could play. Better situation for him. And maybe you get something out of it if you're the Giants, whether it's a, another piece of the puzzle somewhere other than quarterback because you're going to go draft one. That's part of the conversation. The other part of it is the general manager of the New York Giants leading up to the draft was telling people in interviews, no, we're not set on quarterback. What we're doing is looking for the best player, whatever position he plays. We're just you know look for the best player. And then they <laughs> – it goes a little switcheroo there leading up to the draft. I'm just curious what everybody thinks. Here at home in the state of Mississippi, a lot of Ole Miss fans, you grew up watching Eli Manning play and certainly know, and a lot of, you know, by that connection, Giants fans as well. Just curious what you think. Is, is this going to be a Favre-Aaron Rodgers deal? I mean, is that what this is? I think that was actually referenced by the the GM, the general manager there in the press conference after the draft, maybe referenced that particular scenario. But indeed, is that what you're going to see? Is this a deal where Daniel Jones is going to just sit there and learn some stuff for two, three years under Eli Manning while he plays for the next two, three? Or is this a deal where, I mean, he's in there as a sixth, pick things aren't going to go well for the Giants early because they don't on paper anyway look to have a great team and if it doesn't go well they're going to put him in there and he it's like an Eli Manning Kurt Warner situation from 15 years ago is that what you're going to see that's the discussion going on in New York what do you think you can text me 885 ESPN or 885-3776 you can also call the Divinity phone same phone we talked to Scott Barry on from Southern Miss the Divinity Equipment phone line. It is 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. So uh, give me a call. Let me know what you think. I'll tell you what I think. First, though, I want you to hear this. Drama, drama, drama. It's not often that I'll bring some clip from another sports radio show but in this case it's just pretty interesting hey right on time roger here to train (laughs) man yeah getting closer every day (laughs) right on time man he's gonna run over me one of these days uh no mike francesa has been on the radio in new york forever ever 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 And he's in trouble with the Giants because he's been so critical of them on the radio since they pulled what they pulled in the draft by taking a quarterback at number six, but they haven't dealt Eli anywhere. And he's this notorious kind of blowhard, but he's really entertaining. And on his own station, the morning show guys were kind of talking about him, and they didn't get it right. He called into their radio show. So listen to what this sounded like on radio up in New York. All of it. And it's all around the Giants. Al, you got something for us? So Mike, there's a guy on the hold who claims to be Mike. I've been trying to protect Mike by not putting a guy on who's not Mike. But Eddie thinks it's him as well. So if you want to roll the dice, see what happens. You'll be able to tell. Why, my, why would Mike call into us? He doesn't listen to us. Well, he's there if you want to talk to him. Which one? It's up. Oh, it's up. All right. Is Mike. It is me. I'm, I'm, it's me. I'm calling you guys right now. And I don't listen very often, but I just heard what you just said. How much misinformation can you guys give out in five minutes? 
What's the misinformation I mean, that we gave one, out? What, what I don't is it? Know Dave Gett- well, let me just speak for a minute, Boomer, and then you can speak. Number one, I don't know Dave Gettleman. I've, ne- I've never spent five minutes with him. Okay, so I have no relationship with him. I've had a very good relationship with the Giants, and the Giants are angry at me because I gave out the Boomer information, I, I mean the uh, Eli information about him canceling the program and why he canceled the program, which was given to me last Monday. Let me, let me refer- tell you what that reference is. He said on his radio show that Eli Manning has canceled his weekly radio show um, appearance that he does with that guy, Mike Francesa, and that the reason he did is because with this whole quarterback thing, he didn't want to get into week five or six of the year and the other guy's playing, and, he's, and Eli still has to get on the radio and does this interview each week. So he's gone ahead and canceled it, he says. And I was not told that I couldn't give it out for public. Uh, you know, I wasn't allowed to use it. I was never told that. And I was given that information by FN management as to why he wasn't doing it and that he wasn't doing it. Number two, so I don't have any relationship with Gettleman. Gettleman's never fed me a story. So I wasn't angry at Gettleman for that. I was angry because I thought he had no plan. And I didn't agree with having two quarterbacks on a roster. I think they should have cut one. If they were going to bring in a guy that they believed in as a franchise quarterback, they should have gotten rid of Eli. That was my point last year. That was my point this year. And I'm supposed to be the Eli supporter. I think Eli has gotten too much blame. But the bottom line is if they wanted to move on, they should have got him off the team. All right. What do you think about that? So this is a radio show host in New York who's catching all kinds of flack and says that the Giants are mad at him because he has said publicly and on his show and across the airwaves um, that the Giants bungled this whole thing and that it makes no sense. I heard him say that. He said it makes no sense whatsoever to keep Eli Manning on your roster and go out and draft a guy at number six overall with the number six pick in the draft. He said that made no sense. And, you know, again, they referenced this Brett Favre-Aaron Rodgers deal when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. And sure, I mean, you know, he's probably not, you know, Favre not happy about that. But, I mean, it's not like Aaron I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers was drafted with the number six pick of that first round. Yeah, the Packers took him in the first round, but it was at pick number 24. You know, and going into that draft, Aaron Rodgers, as good as he is, teams just kept passing and passing, and he was the one that they made the big deal out of in that 2005 draft. Uh, when's he going to stop falling? Who's going to take him? And even though it is a first round, when the Packers took Aaron Rodgers at number 24 with Brett Favre sitting there still going to play a few years, pick number 24 is a lot different than pick number six. It is. You know, I mean, with the slots and the money and everything you commit, you take a quarterback at number six, it just means he's ready to go play right now. And that's probably what he's going to do. That's what that means. So this guy has said it makes no sense to keep to still have Eli Manning on your roster and to have gone out there and take this guy at number six. Really and truly, I mean, because if you're Eli Manning, I, I'm just sitting there, if I put myself in his shoes at where he is in his career, what is this? He's into his either his last year or his last two or three 
at the most. And so if you're going to be on the Giants, it's do or die time for Eli Manning. I mean, and the NFL is not about hanging around just and everybody just pay each other and win or lose. Either way, it's just fine. Just Let's just pay each other and let's just, you know. NFL is not for long. Well, and it's certainly not about having having a swan song. You can either win for us or you can't. If you can't, we're trying somebody else. And so if you if Eli Manning's your starting quarterback, you're going to roll with him, you're trying to win with him, well, you have to give him some pieces to win with. It, it helps Eli Manning not one single iota to have Daniel Jones on the roster with the team's top draft pick. It doesn't help Eli Manning at all. And so if you're not helping Eli Manning, why do you still have him? Is <laughs> the point. I think it's a good point. Anyway, drama in New York. It's just the way it is. It's probably the way it's always going to be. Let's we'll never have that in the SEC. That's <laughs> true. Y'all stick around. They need a little positive energy this week. <laughs> Roger, are we on the air? We are. We are. I just didn't hear the music. That's, that's. I mean, there it is. Well, it's like I, I heard the Snoopy thing and I thought, I haven't heard that No, in a you while. didn't turn your mic on. No, I didn't turn that music button on <laughs> for you, but everybody else heard it. <laughs> that's great. That's all that matters. As long yeah. as everybody else hears it, who cares what I hear? What about the part where I told you that um, that I had rationed out my coffee just perfectly so that I p- just now poured the last of it in my cup here at the end of the show? Did that part make the air? Oh, no, 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 no. That part didn't? Okay. Make, you know when the commercials quit playing, that's when, yeah. yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, in, inside baseball, as it were. Behind the green curtain, that's Roger. He's like the, he's like the Wizard of Oz. He's got stuff attached to his feet, his arms. He's pulling about. He's a one-man band. He's pulling about five in- instruments at once uh, every day. Hey, coming up on the Divinity Equipment phone, Austin Stanley from A to Z Sports in Nashville is going to jump on. We're going to talk Titans football. Why on earth, Matt? Here I go. See, this is you talking to me. Matt, why on earth would you be talking about Titans football? Well, that's pretty simple, right? They reached out here and grabbed two local kids. When I say local, I don't mean just one from one SEC school and one from another, which is true. I'm talking about two guys that grew up right there in Octibaha County, literally within 25 miles of each other. In the first round, Jeffrey Simmons via Mississippi State via Knoxville County High School. And in the second round, A.J. Brown via Ole Miss via Starkville High School. Yeah. Known each other their whole lives. Competed against each other throughout high school. Best player on each team, hands down, for four years of high school. Best player on each team <laughs> for three years of college. And now they're teammates in Nashville. And a guy who covers the Titans in Nashville Sports Talk host, co-creator of A to Z Sports, Austin Stanley is on your radio right now. Austin, 
did did y'all realize that not only did you get a bulldog and a rebel in rounds one and rounds two there at Tennessee, but you got two guys that have been competing against each other since Pee Wee, literally twenty miles apart. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, Matt. And uh, I know John Robinson, GM of the Titans, said he wanted to get a little nasty, a little bit nastier this off season. So I guess he went to the state of Mississippi and got a couple guys who are are, are physical. Uh, they're grown men and they're really good at football. So. I think Nashville and Titans fans are pretty excited in what they got with the potential in the future of Jeffrey Simmons after the ACL injury. And then, of course, A.J. Brown, I think, is already a fan favorite as Titans fans are kind of losing their minds that A.J. Brown was still sitting there at 51 overall and wasn't already off the board. Yeah. Um, so on A.J., a lot of talk about Jeffrey. We'll get into that. But So A.J. Brown there – at um, you know midway through the second round, he's still sitting there. You go get him. In terms of team need, was that outside receiver or maybe slash type receiver a need on that team, or was this a deal where the Titans are going, hey, he's one of the best available players. We just got to go get him. Well, I think it was both uh, because of the value that the Titans got with AJ Brown at fifty-one, uh, being one of the best players left, but. The Titans absolutely had to have uh, a more talent at wide receiver and mm-hmm. at just playmaker uh, overall on the offense because Mariota, that's the biggest storyline of the, of the entire 2019 offseason is what's going to happen with Mariota's contract. And they're doing everything possible to, have, to let Mariota have a big breakout year in the last year of his contract to get that big-time deal. And A.J. Brown's another piece of that. They signed Adam Humphreys, the free agent from Tampa, uh, and then Roger Saffold, left guard from the Rams, who was in the Super Bowl last year. And so I think A.J. Brown, people are excited about him because uh, he can play both the slot and the outside. And really, when you look at overall, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, A.J. Brown, Delaney Walker, you got to feel comfortable about those top four pass catchers where if Mariota doesn't work out, it's not because of the talent around him because the talent is definitely there now. Sure. Austin Stanley on your radio. You guys follow him on Twitter. You need to do that. At Austin Stanley 81 That's the number eight, the number one at the end there. Uh, give him a follow. So in the first round, Simmons at 19. If he's healthy with a non-torn ACL knee injury, somebody drafts him in the top five, top ten. That's a pretty safe bet. So on the field stuff, how tickled uh, were Titans fans there in Nashville when they saw that pick? Yeah, this was a, one of the more controversial picks that John Robinson's made. I personally like it because, like you said, Jeffrey Simmons I don't think gets past the top ten for sure mm-hmm. uh, if he has a, a perfectly intact ACL. But uh, even with the off-the-field incident that I'm sure we'll talk about, I, I don't think uh, – Fans uh, were really concerned about that as much as they were, that he's not going to be able to help the Titans Mm -hmm. until maybe December. Uh, But they know, and I think we've been media members, especially me, uh, trying to tell the Titans that you don't just get big dudes who can run and jump like Jeffrey Simmons can outside the first round. You've got to be able to go get those guys in the first round. Uh, And I think, uh, who knows, Hopefully the ACL checks out okay and the rehab is fine where he can get back up here and make a and make a, a D line duo of him and Jarrell Casey uh, something to, to scare offenses for the next few years because 
Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute freak. Like he's six four, three hundred pounds. You guys know it. Mm-hmm. You guys know how he can disrupt offenses uh, down there. So I, I'm, I for one, am looking forward to seeing him healthy on the football field in person, so I can kind of see how big and how fast he actually moves. Yeah. Austin, when you get a chance to stand next to him, it'll kind of knock you down um, just visually to see how massive he is, shoulder <laughs> to shoulder. Yeah. Because when you watch him in in college highlight stuff, you know he runs around like a linebacker defensive end. I mean, he's running down screen plays from one hash to the other that he sniffed out and stuff. And so it'll kind of surprise you just how broad of a human being he is. But it, on on the other stuff. Obviously, he has the thing that happened uh, in high school before he got mm-hmm. to state, and they showed the video on the night of the draft. So, right from from the reaction when when you have that, the reaction when you have that pop up when he's drafted, to the point that you had the press conference where everybody heard from him and the the owner, the GM, the coach. How has what has been that trend for Titans fans? Have they? Do they feel like they're comfortable with Jeffrey now after they've gotten to hear from him? I feel like, yeah, I feel like the press conference Friday afternoon, uh, seeing Jeffrey Simmons get emotional when Amy Adams Strunk uh, was talking about his character and talk, and John Robinson uh, and Mike Vrabel both uh, there as well with Amy Adams Strunk talking about Jeffrey as a person. And then seeing how much it meant to Jeffrey Simmons himself that these uh, three people were talking about him in that high of, regard i think for a lot of titans fans who are questionable or on the fence are now pro jeffrey simmons now there's always going to be the people who are stubborn and who are not going to understand how ugly of an entire story mm. that was a few years ago uh, with what happened and i i do think obviously what he did is unexcusable but it, it is fair to the entire story to understand what all was going around the story with the context, with the family aspect of it. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people will be able to uh, be comfortable with Jeffrey Simmons in time. And, and Amy Adam Strunk, I thought, had a, an amazing quote uh, saying that, you know, you can go around and say you're sorry, but Jeffrey Simmons has lived that he's, star- that he's sorry mm. for three-plus years. And for me, at least, that resonated home uh, really strongly with me. Yeah, that's a strong quote. Um, yeah, Austin, I and and we're really all the truth about it is we're all big fans around here. Now, you know, opposing fans, I think um, as opposing fans, we're always going to do what we're always going to do, and that's kind of you know dog the other guys. Mm-hmm. But to those of us that have gotten to to kind of see him and get to know him personally, it's not just you know facetious. It's not just a show. Um, we're all big fans. Of, of Jeffrey personally there's a lot of people really really pulling for him to get healthy and do well we know he will he's just that kind of player well, and I think so Matt because I mean whenever you, you see a lot of things like this in sports where somebody has something in their past that's you know questionable Pac-Man Jones was another guy uh, locally with the Titans about you know 10 to 12 years ago yeah. that we went through with this where Coaches and DMs are always checking around people in his past. You know, how did he treat the tutor? How did he treat the janitor? How did he treat the training person? And, and you never really know who you can trust in that. Yeah. But I'll say this, and Titans fans and Mississippi State fans can trust that I think John Robinson and Mike Grable uh, would not draft a bad person yeah. to this franchise. Yeah. So if you're a Titans fan, if you're a State fan, I think 
Austin, man, I really appreciate your time today. It's good to hear your voice again. We're going to do this again soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thank you. That's Austin Stanley, A to Z Sports in Nashville. Y'all follow him on Twitter at AustinStanley81. Good show today. Hope you enjoyed it. I did. We'll do it again tomorrow. You'll have Jake Wimberly with you tomorrow. You'll be in there with Roger, and I'll be back on Thursday. All right? Enjoy it. See you then. See you. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.